is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. It's gotten to a point in the Panthers fandom where I feel like March and April are incredibly more exciting and more fun than the majority of the season. Because Amen. at this point, it's all, for the most part, potential. We haven't wasted any of it yet. And for right now, the way the moves they've been making since we got since we hopped on the podcast last, I am keeping. I'm trying to keep my wits about me, but I'm a. Uh, it's looking like it's going in the right direction in terms of what Federer is trying to do. You know, this is where our this is where our championship happens. The off season, we win, we win March and April, we get excited, and that's about where the season pretty much goes for us from there. But I, yeah, like you said though, they have made moves that I've been positive about. I can't, you know, losing out on Deshaun Watson but it may have been the best thing to happen to this to that front office. They actually made them actually have to go build the rest of the team, go take care of the pieces that we needed, and we look. Good thus far. We'll see how it all shakes out, though. Yeah, you know, since the Deshaun news, um, you know, we've talked about it and everything um, on the podcast beforehand. But, you know, now looking at the Browns, it's, um, you know, they still got an uphill battle with this thing. They got to, you know, not only the from a PR perspective, but you just traded away your future and you have plenty of other spots on the roster to fill. Not, not to say that, you know, adding a superstar young quarterback to your roster is a bad thing, but, but, I think in our situation where we can, you know, try to build this thing up the right way, um, we're clearly not ready to win now. So, you know, let's establish a foundation and, and go from there. And that's something the Browns had that we didn't. So um, we'll see where things go. I can't complain about any of the moves uh, thus far. And, um, you know, as we approach the draft, uh, the team's starting to shape up. And, uh, you, you know, this is our really two, two months of um, – of pride as Panthers fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really like this is where we live and breathe, and it's kind of sad because that's, you know, supposed to be the other way around. But like Chanti said it perfectly, if you want to have that excitement there in, in those, in, you know, September, October, November, this is where you do it. And, I mean, like <clears throat> some of them, you know, I, I start to see, you know, a little bit of the kind of formula they're doing, and they're still building up to something big. You know, taking $5 million off of off of McCaffrey's contract, even though cap spaces are a myth, and can be utilized any way that the GMC fit if the league likes them well enough, from what I believe. Because there's no way some of these teams should be having the money that they have. But I digress. But taking $5 million off of McCaffrey's deal, well, that's not, you know, I don't think that's to trade him. I don't think it's to get someone else to accept this contract. I don't know what y'all saw it as. I saw it for me as trying to, I don't think there's something big in the works. I feel like that money might go towards trying to get Cam or Gilmore on another deal. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think it's more so building towards if there's a free agent left tackle that, that that's available that they like. That the price tag, you know, for left for premium left tackles is is pretty pricey. Um, if they could get into the sweepstakes to, to go grab one of those guys, they would have the finances to be able to do so. Which which would be the last, not the last build, not the last block that they have to put together. But it it would be one of those last pieces that you have to get you have to get in place. In order for you to feel like you can move forward and actually build this team up properly, so I would just I would just imagine that the offensive line still isn't done being reworked. Stephon Gilmore is still a guy they want to bring back. Um, so again, I, I very much agree. They're just, they're just trying to fill out the rest of that roster with that with those last you know bits of money that that they can free up. Definitely, yeah. I know. I don't think um, they're looking to trade him um, anytime soon um, or anything like that. I think it's just hey, well, let's free up some money now and. Um, and see what we can do, which is interesting because we still are at the top of the league in cap space um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, something that's coming to mind with that is, like, I think we're starting to get into territory as a franchise where we truly do have to overpay for players. Like, that's something that gets talked about all the time and floated around, and you never really see it enacted. But I think we are truly at that, that spot where we have to overpay more than, you know, most teams would to get guys to come to the Carolina Panthers because – um, you know, not, you know, not where we're at in the, compared to a lot of other organizations. Like we don't have the foundation, we don't have the ownership, um, and we don't have a stable, um, you know, head coach and situation. That I mean, hey, it's no secret that the coaching staff is going to be on the hot seat. And as a free agent, that's tough to go sign somewhere where for a multiple year deal when the whole staff might not be there in the following year. So we're at that point where we do have to overpay a bit. Um, so maybe they're making, you know, like you guys said, gearing up to make a move for Gilmore, who, you know, hasn't had a hot market as of late, but I could see him coming back uh, to the Panthers. I can see it too. And that's what I'm hoping for. You talk about, you know, the left tackle spot. I mean, because look at the line right now with some of these 
I think the very underrated pickup that we have not talked about. We talked about Corbett, Bradley Bozeman. I watched some film on him, and I'll ask y'all's opinions. But I mean, for what we had, because as far as I'm seeing, Paradis is just done. We're we're not bringing him back from what I've seen. But from what I've seen for Bozeman to get an, if you want an anchor on your offensive line, the way that the the Ravens offense ran around, that's your guy right there. And I mean, if I'm the Panthers. I'm running to the right side of the field the entire season. You got Moten, Corbett, and Bozeman from the way that the depth chart is looking, putting Moten on the end, Corbett right guard, Bozeman in center. And as it stands now, Elfline at left guard and unfortunately Irving at left tackle. And that's according to the depth charts it has listed online. Obviously, we know the Panthers don't necessarily stick to one sedimentary, you know, lineup. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, there's guys that are still out there that are a bit pricey. You know, Eric Fisher's a gamble coming off of a, you know, year of injury, but he was the number one pick. Unfortunately, there is more of a meme than an actual accolade, but I mean, he's six years younger than Dwayne Brown and Brown I would love because I mean, for as bad as the Seahawks offensive line was, he was still that, you know, that light in the tunnel. I just don't know if the money that we're taking, you know, all these restructured contracts that we did with CMC that we did with, um, I think even Dante's and DJ's, as they were, were still not restructures. They were still obviously getting paid more, but, you know, mm-hmm. we factored this other amounts that we wanted to win. And then there was, I think, a couple more restructures that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, Shaq. Uh, some, some other guy. It, it's somebody else, too, that we have restructures. Restructurings well, but, uh, that needed to happen. And this is where yeah. I'm seeing Fitterer come through, seeing, look at, like, you got these lucrative deals. And, of course, I'm thinking that I think the McCaffrey deal was an underfitter, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember the timeline of it. Regardless, he's kind of locking down and going, look, we need to like double back on the money we are giving y'all until we see the output that, you know, that would garner that kind of money. And to me, this is what's going to be interesting is when we get to the draft, because the right now, as I see it, these pickups are, I, it's hard to me because Damian Wills, Corey Littleton, you know, those are some older, I mean, a lot of these, these aren't young guys we're picking up, but they're, they're, they can be, you know, long, long-lasting guys. So for me, it seems like Fitter is doing things in the long run. I don't know what comes, what happens draft day if, you know, if, if Rule is trying to save his job. At this point, you know, I would have to, I, I, tell, I don't know if you've watched much film on Corbett and Bozeman. I don't really know when we get into offensive lines. It's kind of, it's kind of usually where I tune out. So I, how do we even feel you know about I'm watching. guys? I, <laughs> exactly. Big, big trenches guy. You know what I'm saying? Big trenches guy. So, you know, I mean, it, I don't really know much about those two. I know Corbett ranked 38 out of 68 eligible guys as far as pass blocking at, at, at guard last year. So it's not like that's his that's his biggest strength. But again, run blocking seems to be the strength of both of those guys, Corbett and Bozeman. I mean, obviously, run run blocking was an issue for us last year and rule made the emphasis of wanting to be a more physical team and being able to run the football was one of the things he wanted to add to that team last year. So, you know, how do we even, how, how should we even really feel about those two guys in particular? Yeah. I mean, for one, bringing in offensive line depth is always a good thing, especially when you're the Carolina Panthers, Jack knows that. And, um, you know, the other thing on the other hand is a lot of these guys, you, there's a reason they're free agents, right? There's a reason that a lot of these guys are free agents. And for for every team that's out there that is looking into bringing these guys in, they got to find out why. Like, why is this guy free agent? Why didn't they do anything they could to bring him back? And, you know, there's something to say about guys that are just sitting out there on the open market. But, um, you know, these two will definitely have a role with the team. Austin Corbett with a three-year deal, um, going to slot in at the guard position. Really athletic guard. And we kind of talked about this in the past where – We've kind of dabbled with more of the Mauler uh, style offensive lineman, and then the next day we brought in, you know, a lighter athletic guy. Um, so it, how we want to build this thing is still like, still needs to be seen. But Corbett brings, you know, good athleticism can, you know, be an asset in an outside zone scheme, and um, is big enough and strong enough to still hold up, um, you know, against power on the interior. Uh, Bradley Bozeman is going to be, you know, a step below for sure. Um, as we see with the contract, but you know, solid is starter on the inside. Um, a lot of experience can play center and guard. Um, and I think if he doesn't start right away, he'll at least be a depth piece um, on the interior, which we could always use. But I have to imagine that he'll play a lot of snaps this year. Um, as somebody that's been really experienced 
in, um, you know, more of that downhill power style scheme that you see with the Ravens. So um, both, I think, are good signings and um, definitely needed in the offensive line as we're not only trying to find starters, but build that depth because, you know, you know, you know you're not going to end the season with the same five starters that you start the season with. Yeah, I mean, and just as far as I mean, especially when we knew how, you know, the the, the draft was going to be in the market out there. I mean, I'm still, hey, I say go get some of your some of the band back together. Try to find Williams or Trey Turner or Andrew Norville, see if they want to come through. I mean, I still like guys like Icky. I don't know. Like I said, the draft is going to be really indicative of what we do now because the way I see it, especially, I mean, I, I'm assuming y'all been watching the pro days and Pickett, I still can't get a good grasp on. I can't tell one way or the other because to me, he seems to be doing one thing one day and then doing something different the next. I wish Willis would stay off of the damn TV because every time he gets on there, everyone, this stock just keeps rising up as a sweetheart. And I'm really afraid. I mean, the, the Falcons getting Marcus Mariota makes it feel a little bit better, but I could easily see them going to get him and then having Mariota, you know, be the bridge quarterback like we should have been doing this whole time. I feel like the draft could be really indicative because if we have these two options and one of these two things goes down, where say Pickett and Willis are on the board at the same time. To me, Rule is going to go after Pickett because that's going to be your more sound guy right off the bat and will get, and, and could get some wins in the front to guarantee his job another year or two, whereas Willis is your more developmental guy, your more longstanding guy. You can draw out and put Sam or Cam or PJ as a you know bridge quarterback for your future. So to me, it's going to come down to who's really making that final decision you know, once, once we're on the clock. And I... Like I said, the free agency period right now is making me think it's 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 bitterer that's really under, you know, that's really kind of pulling the reins. But I can see Rule, you know, stomping in saying, hey, let me do this or that or the third. And then that's what that's what concerns me, especially because, like you said, I mean, with these linemen right now, I'm going to tell you the one thing. They're not bargaining. I, they don't remind me of Elfline uh, and Irving. Like if I look at the two of them and the circumstances of, of picking them up and what they were bringing to their teams as opposed to what they can bring to Cantables now. I mean, I think Bozeman has to start because we don't have a. I think unless I think Hecklenburg is a center. I don't know if he's listed yeah. as a center on the roster, but other than that, yes. we don't have a, a listed center on the roster. Elfline was backup and snap and did about what a quarter of the snaps at center last year. Thereabout, I think. Yeah, so, so, so more productivity at center than he did guards. So, I mean, that's that's that's. And I think that's why they went out to Bozeman because they know he can play multiple. So if they were to get a center or if someone looks better at center, they can still use him as a guard. Right. I think would be the, but like I said, these guys, they seem like, they don't seem like bargain bin guys to me, but I just want to tell you, you know, we, we're going to, we're not touching it yet because we still have, unfortunately a few weeks to go, but in terms of the, the draft day and then who's going on the, who's in the war room, who do you think is making that final call? If both those quarterbacks are on the board or who, do we even who, go for a quarterback? Who in the front office is making the final call or who is going to be? Yeah. Who, yeah who in the, well, you can answer. I mean, I mean, it could be, you know, dependent upon who you think is making the front call or yeah, making well, that, that final call. That's where it gets interesting because you guys we were just talking about it. Matt Rule, in the in the short term, wants Kenny Pickett, right? He wants to get these wins now and prove that, like, hey, I can be a head coach in the NFL and, like, we, we got a guy that can come in and, you know, Kenny Pickett's not going to lose you games. You're not going to lose. sidebar, him. poor Kenny Pickett. He was not looking happy at those pictures of him and Matt Rule. Did you see those? Oh. <laughs> him talking to Matt Rule, he was he like. Way back. They go way back. <laughs> But yeah, no, he he's gonna slot in and he'll be fine. Um, his ceiling is obviously not what Malik's is, um, but you know, so I could see right now us being more prone to take Pickett, um, which you know, in my opinion, where they're at right now, which is what makes it tough, is you know they're they're desperate for wins right now with a roster that's not ready to win right now. So it's it's a really tough position um, when it comes to um, different people's careers in the organization, from the players to the coaches to um, you know the owner in front office. Uh, a lot of different, a lot of different careers ride on this pick, and it's one of the biggest picks in franchise history, in my opinion, because of just the different ways that this thing can go. Um, on the other hand, you have Malik Willis, who um, you know is going to come in uh, and. Not going to be ready from day one, but the talent is there, though. I mean, we see in the pro day stuff that gets blown up on, on all these guys. But, um, those, you know, those two will definitely be in play. And then what I would do and what I hope we do is 
say, let's not go for either. Let's build this offense line and let's take somebody like a Charles Cross there um, and call it a day. So um, when it comes down to it, that would be a really respectable decision if they did that. And it would make, it would make me feel more that it would be on Fitterer's behalf because, hey, this is his second draft. Like, let's get our cornerstone offensive tackle and build from there. Um, quarterback would scream that rule had more influence on the pick. I think, and then, you know, because in Chauncey's like you said, because you're right there, Tyler. I mean, if we're looking at it, obviously, in a smaller scale, but it's a lot like 2010, 2011, where, you know, I mean, that problem got solved for us by Andrew Luck staying a year later. But that was the big debate around that time was Andrew Luck or Cam Newton. Same kind of thing where you knew the tangibles that Andrew Luck had as opposed to what Cam Newton could bring to the table. Now, obviously, Cam Newton was ready to go right off the bat. Andrew Luck has a, I obviously I think a higher ceiling than you know or at least at the time than Kenny Pickett does but it's that like you said I mean that is, this is probably with the way that the team was changing in that era Rivera coming in you know and and the team trying to change who it was I think you're right this is about one of the biggest things that you could do as a, for the organization and it can have a lot of implications as to what we're going to do for the years to come yeah and you know my biggest thing is you know I would like for them like Tyler said I would like for them to go off of the line build up the rest of the unit first don't get a free agent quarterback, and let's see what, where it goes from there. Because I do think a veteran under the right circumstances with the offensive line that's more sustainable could have success with the weapons that we have. I think I think we are in a good situation. You know, as far as offensive talent, there's talent there. There's talent all over the field, offensively and defensively. Now, I guess my biggest question is, who does Ben McAdoo like at quarterback? What type of quarterback does he like? Because if we think about it, he he, he only coached with Eli Manning. It's not like he drafted – if I'm not mistaken, he didn't draft. Yeah, he he did he draft Daniel Jones in New York when he while he was there, or was that the next guy? That is a great question. Maybe real quick, let's see. Because for me, it's figuring out what type of quarterback does he like. What type of quarterback does he want to run his system? Well, that'll then impact the the free agent quarterbacks that that that, that we would go after. Whether Cam is because like, that would determine to me whether Cam is actual is is actually a real option for coming back if he doesn't fit the type of mold that McAdoo likes because I ultimately you want to try to make everybody comfortable to the point where they're comfortable with coaching the type of players that they're going to be out there running running their system. So, so he was out before uh, he was out before Daniel Jones. Jones was in nineteen, which is so like Jones is in the league longer than that. But yeah, it, 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 I don't know why I feel like he Jones was in in twenty eighteen for some for some reason. But you know. With him only really coaching with Eli Manning and not he didn't like Baker Mayfield, didn't like Sam Darnold. So we know he doesn't like those types of guys. So who's the guy that Ben McAdoo would want to coach? Because I, I gotta imagine at some point that's gotta come into play too. Yeah, I I, I would I would agree with you there. I mean, it because and that's and that's the thing too. I think people are kind of overlooking like they're saying the only way we can, you know we can be have a franchise quarterback is if we go get, you know, as if we go draft a guy. And, yes, for the long run, that is about kind of how it goes. But, like, yeah. if you – but if, like, you think about it. I mean, look how crazy the quarterback carousel was this year. We don't know the impact it's going to have, but you did the great thing in re-signing DJ Moore, giving him money he deserves. You did the great thing there. You restructured McCaffrey's contract. Worst – best-case scenario, he could play the whole season this year. Right. You know, we don't know what's going to happen there. Robbie, maybe this some of this money is supposed to be going to Robbie. I still don't know what the hell is going on in his head. I mean, you go get that, you know, you go get, like like you said, Chandler or Icky, or you get someone on the line there. First off, you establish that you're, you know, like, it might not be a bad destination for a free agent quarterback next year with whoever, the, you know, right. or a trade next year. I mean, we don't know. So, like, it might be, I mean, I just don't see the the desperation to waste, to, you know, to go right off the bat when this is quarterback class isn't a desperation class. And this is a team that right now, if you were to get the offensive line right, if all the if if all the moves you got right with the offense, if all the moves you made with the offensive line were correct, and you were able to build the interior line up, and you got a, a left tackle that was serviceable, you could possibly have a team that could border along being a, a being a playoff team because they're now with the, with seven seeds, it's not like it's the most impossible thing to slip in at eight nine. No, you know what I'm saying it's like it's, so. It's, so it's not it's not impossible. And like, like you said, you can very well set yourself up for a free agent quarterback next year to be the, it'd be a destination for that guy, or to be a destination for a, a for a young for a young rookie quarterback. It's just well now is who do we think is a free agent quarterback that could come in right now and win with this group? That's 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 the next question I think we, we have to answer. 
Uh, I think someone's uh, I think someone's rookie contract in Baltimore ends uh, at the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And they're playing games. I don't know what weird games they're playing in Baltimore, bro. But the fact that you've not gotten that guy resigned. That's what I'm saying. Him, or even a fifth-year option to take. I don't understand where. But, I mean, but but we know, Shantice, we've seen on Twitter this week that there are some fans that doesn't want another one of those quarterbacks as we have clearly seen on Twitter from a few uh, a, a stalwart fans have made that very clear. That was always fun. It's always fun to get that little sprinkle of Panthers fandom coming through on Twitter. I know you probably saw that because I definitely did. I, 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 you Actually, I did not see that. Actually, I would want, if you get a chance to send me that, show me that because I, I need to know what, what that was. Oh, i got to find it. Someone was comparing Malik to Cam, saying what he would do on and off the field for the Panthers, and someone was like, why would we want another one of those quarterbacks? I don't know. I don't know. MVP, multiple time division, the division champion. I don't know shit. I, I don't know, bro. I, 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 don't, know. I, I don't know. But Sean Teacher talked about that. If there's some, I mean, that would be, and, and that's a big get. That'd be a, you know, be a, a tough sell to, to get him to come. It would yeah. be. I mean, it would yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be. You know, the franchise is molded around seven nine for his for his franchise history. Yeah, oh, oh, we don't want one of those guys. No, don't, get on, no. don't, don't bring us. Don't, don't bring us none of that. No. That superstar. No. We don't need none of that. Uh. But. <laughs> And then, so now flipping field, because I think something that was also another underrated thing, and, you know, it's, 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 it's hard because with the line, you know, you make any addition to our line is good. So it makes mm-hmm. me excited. When you get a position like linebacker, that's a sexy position to get free agents in, especially when uh, the way our group was last year. So it's hard not to overemphasize what we, you know, or over, you know, like get excited about it. But, but Damian Wilson and Corey Littleton in playing in a group, Line, like uh, this to me looks like with with Shaq looks like a you know a, a, it's almost like a linebacker by committee group. Those are two guys. If the three of them can complement each other and do things right, I like Littleton and I like Wilson there in the middle. Frankie coming around to fill when needed. If we do a three four or a four you know or a four three, I I, I would interested to see what y'all think about them. But I mean, you pretty much just flipped your linebacker your linebacker room in my opinion. Pretty much just flipped it. I did a complete one eighty. Which is was it was a need for us. That's how I'll let yeah. you shoot first on that. Yeah. So, you know, at a linebacker room where I feel like we've been talking for two, three years about <laughs> trying to get another linebacker in there to work next to Shaq. It's always it's always been kind of on the back burner though, especially when it comes to the drafts, like, hey, let's let's get a linebacker in like the third or fourth round. And then it's like, oh, it's day three and we haven't really addressed that need yet. But now when um, you signed Damian Wilson and uh, Corey Littleton, two guys who, of course, veteran players, played a lot of snaps, are not, not going to win anymore because of their athleticism as they, they're kind of tapered off in that um, aspect towards the end of their careers. But, hey, two guys that are tough, um, smart players, played in multiple systems, and um, are going to be able to fly around. The nice thing is we have Shaq Thompson. So in the, most of the time when in our nickel defense, we're going to only need one other backer out there. So um, I, I like the competition aspect of things, bringing um, both guys in. Hey, maybe they don't make both don't make the roster. Maybe it's a, another Denzel Perryman thing, but hopefully we don't see them go like heavy league league in tackles. But um, yeah, and then go to the Chargers and go alongside Khalil Mack and run the whole defense. Right. Yeah. So so no, I like those moves. It adds depth. And you know the other thing about free agency is you see all these big deals flying off the board um, for these top guys. Where in a couple of years those are going to be pretty bad. Deals. And you know that's the thing about free agency. While we're at the bottom working the guys that we can get on cheap you know shorter contracts but we are addressing needs now so then when the draft comes it's not like oh hey we don't have any linebackers so we have to take one at six overall and so uh, you know i think being able to add that depth um you know through free agency to you know then have that versatility in the draft where like i said this is the biggest pick one of the biggest picks in franchise history and so you want to be able to have all your you know all your outs here and be able to do whatever you can so um you know those are two signs that stood out to me as like hey we're we know that this is a big pick here and uh, we're trying to fill all these holes as possible i mean now clearly there was another guy i mean with damian wilson there might have been a different guy that we would have liked in miles jack that would have been but i love the money we would have needed to put up for him absolutely i mean i look i I love the guy like Miles Jack, very similar to Seth Thompson when he, you know, when when he was coming out, mostly faceted guy, Pat twelve guy as well, guy that played multiple play play running back, play safety, play linebacker, a guy that 
you know, you would want to have it in, in a linebacker room like ours, especially considering Jermaine Carter. This is not just not as athletic, not as explosive. Doesn't seem to play with with I don't say much instinct because that, that was out of kind know what I'm talking about. But like, it just it seems always seems to be a step late. You know what I'm saying? So getting a guy like Miles Jack that 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 brings the noise to the party will be the, that that's what you want to add to a linebacker room. That you know, for us as, as a franchise, we pride ourselves on having great linebacker rooms. Always have been, no matter whether the years have been up or down, one thing we could always pride ourselves on was that we had great starters and even great reserves at, at linebacker and that, you know, we could always put a guy in and they could get the job done. We just haven't had that since, obviously, since the untimely retirement of Luke Keekley. So, you know, we just always we've been searching for that ever since. And hopefully Damian, hopefully Damian Wilson can step up and be and be a solid guy. I'm, I'm only expecting him to be a solid replacement. For the guys we had last year, nothing spectacular, just solid. If he can be that consistently, that would be great because we've not seen consistent linebacker play here in quite some time. No, yeah, I don't, I don't expect anything huge from him. You know, just someone to try to like hold hold things down. I think it would, you know, I think it just it, it would give a little bit more like kind of fluidity to that and more a bit conformity to them. All three of them. I think the best is when they're all. The best are going to be is when all three of them are on the field together. Like Chad Jesus, or I mean, like Ty was saying, you know, we don't, if we go to nickel, we don't need them all on the field. <clears throat> I see them less as like you know rotational, as more of just like complementary to each other. I think yeah. each one of them could go on the field and do the same thing the other one could do. I think Littleton's good in coverage in that in that middle of the zone. You know, I think Damian could probably do some play calling if we need him to, and maybe and they could all rush if needed. Um, and then you look in the back. You know, we talked about Xavier Woods. Giving Dante the money, you know, that that one I was a little, you know, hesitant about. I think there was a lot of money for what he – for the. I mean, because we, like – he made splashes last year, but his production still wasn't where – it wasn't – it still left a little bit to be desired. So to give him that money, I understand you need to, like, invest in him, especially with his, you know, mindset that he needs to know he's being sought after. But I just – that one was the only one that concerns me a little bit. That's been a fun topic to hit because <laughs> the comment section on the last video on Instagram has pretty much been a war between guys that liked the Dante signing and guys that didn't. Everybody generally loved the DJ Moore signing, which I thought everybody should have. But the Dante signing, I understood, was a little bit more dicey. Look, Dante's a guy at 11 million. 11 million is not a lot of money for a no. starting level cornerback. And it's bordering close to, okay, you're supposed to be a star because, you know, I think it's like it's only, it's only 16 million guaranteed, 35 million total. That's not a crazy amount of money, but Dante, when healthy, is productive. And the one thing we can always pinpoint to every season where Dante's tapered off, it's always something. It's always that one has been that toe for a number of years. I think this year was this, this year was the groin. So always those 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 knickknack injuries that kind of always take him take him out of the level of, the, the level of play he 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 had exhibited. I mean, the only game that really that he really just flashed and looked awful and not even awful it just was you know washington of course yeah terry mccoy just terry mccoy just kind of stole which, everybody's much money that day yeah which but, i mean that's that's understandable it's just one of those days man i think people understand like these are all elite players that, that are playing a guy like dante jackson that's already at 12 interceptions for his career already in the top 10 as far as career interceptions in panthers history so he's constantly isn't that hard which isn't that hard of us to get on you know, you would be surprised by how, like, by, like the, the the actual number it would take for you to actually be the top guy. You got to be pretty productive for a number of years in order to get that list. I mean, I was surprised even myself when I had to look it up. But like, he's a guy. You can't, you know, you know. But for a number of years, we had guys that couldn't go get the football. We always, we always wanted corners that could go get the football. We had safeties that could go get it. Obviously, Luke Keekley was one of the best at going to get interceptions at that middle linebacker position. We haven't had a corner in quite some time that could go get the football. He's one of those yeah. guys that can do that. And a guy that not only can can get it, can take it the distance if he if he gets a hold of the rock. You can't just let guys like that walk out the door, especially no. when you don't even know whether you can actually sign Stephon Gilmore because at the time you didn't know what his market was going to look like. How much was the was the market for Stephon Gilmore going to run for? And did you have the money to be able to go in for him? And how much would it? I mean, how much would it take of your cap space as well? But see, that's my issue. So like with the with the with the with the DJ deal, I'm willing to give DJ more money because. Like, I know that he's going to produce without – like, he doesn't need Robbie there to produce. We've seen that. So I'm okay with giving him more money. 
to let Robbie walk or to not give Robbie the money to stay. With Dante and, and Gilmore, the, 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 the quarterback situation we've created in our room is interesting. And I think Fitter did it on purpose where you get a bunch of guys so then you can figure out where they fit in. Letting AJ go, we saw that AJ, you know, we, I, he, was, he had like a, a, a quarter of the season that he was, you know, serviceable. But and then he kind of fell off after yeah. that, whether it was injuries. I mean, this, this is kind of hurt him too. Um, CJ, I don't know really why. I, I thought we only gave him a one year, I think. So I don't know if we give him a one or a two. Well, well you know, he was on his rookie deal. You know, the NFL is different. You know, the NFL, you take the deal that he had from the previous team. So, And that's what I, I couldn't rookie remember rookie. if not. So yeah. I think – so he is there regardless. With Dante, I just don't know if I'm – like, I don't know if it's worth giving him so much money that we don't have any to give Gilmore. Especially – I understand Melvin was able to be healthful, like consistently healthy throughout the season and plug in when needed. I Somebody didn't see the reason – I, no, I didn't see the reason. I don't know why we resigned him. I really don't know why you gave him that money. You could have. I would have like, took Bouye before I took Melvin. That was my thing too. I don't know. I mean, I guess because Melvin was the most. He literally. I mean, if we look at the quarterbacks last year, I think he probably had the most consistent snap count of all of yeah. them, other than because Gilmore didn't come until halfway through. You know about well, about what? And then not only that, it took him a couple weeks to even get onto the field. That yeah, was, CJ uh, didn't really play at all. Either whether injuries or trying to get in. AJ had the suspension and injuries. Dante. Still was battling injuries in the playing, and then of course JC wasn't out. And that's the other thing is that you're putting a lot of money on Dante. When now, if Gilmore doesn't come back, Dante again is thrown into this mix of needing to be the number one guy. Well, well, no, no. Here's the thing: I, I, I thought from the day JC Horn got drafted, JC Horn became the number one. But now, and with last year, had he been fully healthy, and we saw production from him. It's not big of an issue. But he's coming off of an ACL tear. I'm trying to set my expectations low now. I know he's still can't, the. I know he's still it. that number eighth that pick, first round pick. Eighth, eighth pick overall, bro. You draft. You're, you're not. Ain't no. You're not. You're not a top ten draft pick, and you're your number two corner. He's a no. He's a, he's he's the number one guy. You know what I'm saying? And, and not only not only just off of strictly play, but just off of size and stature, the matchups he would garner would be the number one guy. You know, oh, no, I'm that's, that. I'm that's, saying... that's, that's kind of where I'm getting. At. I, he, you know, he hasn't played enough games for me to say he's the number one, but he's drafted to be the number one guy. And Dante got paid. Like a serviceable corner, not like a he didn't get paid like a top corner. I, 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 no, I he didn't. I had to look, you know, I had to look at the numbers, but there was there's still, and, and mind you, 29 million left in cap space. There's still enough money to go get to go give Stefan Gilmore decent money. I just don't know what his market value says he is, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and and that's the and that's the biggest question yeah. where, I, where, I, where I'll have to answer. Like, what's the Stephon Gilmore market? To me, he's still a top-end corner. Still a top-five corner to me. Because when he played and he was healthy, he played elite football. You know what I'm saying? So, and I mean... It, it, this, if this season hurt him or helped him in that regard, because I think people weren't, like, blown away, at least in the, in the national yeah. media. Yeah. And the I national was, pretension. Yeah, that's, that is that is the thing. You know, I, I, I know it's funny because, you know, guys all, always talk play through injuries. You got to play through injuries. Tough, tough it up for your team. But the one thing we've learned about the NFL is that they don't forget bad tape, and they don't care the context of which that tape came from. They're not. If you put kind. out bad tape. Look at Baker Mayfield right now. I kind of feel bad for the kid. I do too. One bad year. One year. It of wasn't bad even football. that bad for him. Because, I mean, he did like torn labor, man. I ain't really a big fan of the other of the guy. But God Almighty, a torn labor is not throwing shoulder. You you got to know that's going to affect how you play. Play through it. Tough it out for the team. Got rewarded with Deshaun Watson replacing his ass. Yeah, and not <laughs> even, and not even being included in the deal to get him. That's what surprised oh, yeah. me. <laughs> That's the sick part of all of this. Nobody wants him. Nobody. Because I, I, I don't want him. I don't want him for other reasons. Besides, I mean, for play and then other reasons for what, like for our own franchise reasons as to why I wouldn't want him. Seattle's going with Drew Locke. I know. This is the harsh reality of this game. When you put out bad tape, it bites you in the ass, son. It, it is no remorse for putting yeah. out bad tape. And Stephon didn't put out horrible tape. wasn't great, but wasn't horrible either. I mean, he could also be kind of chopped up to it was a bad team. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we so, did him any favors. No, and unfortunately, only, the only times that guys get that, like DJ and Dante got their deals from us, I'm assuming they had other offers. Absolutely. I would be remiss to say they didn't have other offers. But I think Dante and DJ, 
bless their hearts, like this franchise for whatever fucking reason, pardon my French, and they they want to be here for some reason, thank the Lord. Hassan knew this was a, a, he needed, he could, like, his own personal output got him that deal. Same, you know, with, and and then you could have said, and the same could be said for anyone else that could have gotten out of there, but because he was the only one that was performing to that caliber at that point. Stefan, I don't think, performed well enough of his own regard. Like, he had a couple picks, and he did, like, and he, but the problem with cornerbacks is you, like, Hassan was doing the flashy stuff. He was getting to the quarterback. He was getting those rushes. Stefan was locking guys down, and he was keeping his his area clean. But, I mean, he had, what, two, maybe three picks, I think? I think three interceptions. I think he had two in the first two weeks he played. Yeah, and that that was about it. And, I mean, unfortunately – you know that's just the, and and that and he was coming in and playing when our defense was when when also when Cam was coming in so all the spotlight was on Cam. People weren't looking at our defense at that point. They were watching Cam to see either if he would implode or not. So for me, if I'm us and we, and it depends. On, for me, the only thing that's really a stipulation is if we can get another offensive line. If we can, if 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 we can, if we have Fisher or Brown and we have the money to get one of them. I unfortunately don't think $29 million is going to be a way where we can get two guys off of $29 million that deserve that, – that would help us. Like, that's starting to scare me. So if we don't know that Cam's coming back, because that would be my only other thing. If, if we can get a deal for Cam to where we could give Cam some money and then still give Gilmore some money, if there's really no other options, I'm okay with busting the bank on Gilmore. I really am. I don't know how many years it would be for, but, like – because the thing is, especially with getting Dante and JC, and I've said it time and time again, the best person to help Dante and JC mature and grow as cornerbacks mm-hmm. was either Richard Sherman, who on the field play wasn't going to be that much, right, or Stephon Gilmore, who's going yeah. to be who, who will be the the Cam Newton of that defense. Absolutely, yeah, and, and like and, and like you said, you know, I mean, look, Dante's still Dante's what twenty six. Is he? He feels like he's never. It hasn't aged since he's gotten here. Yeah, he came in old. I, just and just, look, I always look at. I always remember him for the what was the series we did his rookie year. The. Was, I always think of him too for um 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 oh dang it what was, uh, what's uh, the, what was that thing called anyway not knocks not hard knocks it was the, it was it was the knockoff one the Amazon one yeah the Amazon joint with the, all or nothing. All, all or nothing. All or nothing. I, I still watch that thing that. sometimes. I still I watch it thinking the season's gonna go different. You do that to yourself. Because I think maybe if I watch it, the season will go differently. Cam won't get hurt, and then some new ending will happen. I cut that shit off, man. I cut that off. I stopped watching it after, like, episode five. I stopped during the Pittsburgh game. I just cut it off. He's like, nope. That's it. I know the story. I couldn't couldn't do it. But I will say this. Okay, so Stephon Gilmore's contract, well, well, at least his last contract, was averaging $13 a year. $13 a year. Now, okay, the top top corner in in, in the league right now is Jalen Ramsey getting paid $20 a year. Next is Marlon Humphrey at, at 19 and a half. But the next tier is 17, then 16, 14, 13. Now that's when we get into that range. So where about do we think he can he, – he, where, where about do we think does he land? J.C. Jackson just got 16 and a half. You know what I'm saying? J.C., you know like, – I'd give him 17, I'd say. For a guy who Because I think that's where he's at. I think that's still where he's at as far as being a, being a top corner. He's still a top five corner to me. I, I don't think there's a gap – I don't think there's a huge gap between him and – him and Jalen Ramsey. Actually, I think Gilmore's actually better than Ramsey. More down and down, down, I think Gilmore's a better corner than Ramsey. That's just those me. guys that you listed. They have a. They have time. They have they age. Have time. Exactly. J- JC, I'm sorry, is not like. I, I think. I think. I, I, I don't want to call him a system guy. I don't think so. Either. Does, but it kind of does feel like he was kind of made in that system. Whereas, like Gilmore had success in Buffalo before he got to New England. But really flourished when he got to New England. Like he didn't Last become. Thing, a, he, there's a whole generation of people that don't even realize that he was on the Bills. That's true. But, seriously, it, seriously. It, it, it was a very forgettable stint, to be fair. Oh yeah, it was. It was so I'm giving him 17 million. That gives you what? We said we had 29. Yeah, 29. So that gives you another year, maybe 12. Gives another 12 million. I'd give that. I don't know if we can get alignment. And the unfortunate part is that if you do that, I don't think Brown or Fisher is coming for 12 million. No, I, I don't. Now, thing. I, I, I got now. I got to think about needs. Like, well, what, what's more important? What, what do I need? I need. I do need a left tackle because I do need to try to figure out: can we get a? Can we protect with whatever corner we put back there? Can we protect the guy? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I mean, I get. I'm, I get, I can try to look up the 
who the available left tackles at this point. But like whoever's back there at quarterback, I got I gotta imagine we got we're, we're gonna want we gotta want to protect them. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo conversations, you know, happen apparently they those happen a while ago. So they are not they're not current conversations. So I don't I don't I don't put any I don't put any weight on that. I don't I don't either. I kind of just like I kind of just take it take it take it is for it, it is what it is. I I, I really I, I just had to tell people I can is the only option I think that could save that could keep this ship from totally sinking and bottoming out. That's the only guy I look at and say that's the guy that can that can save you because there's still enough ability left in him as a star as, as a as I think as a, as an elite talent that could save us from completely bottoming out. That's my thing. So then that so that this would be my dream scenario. Because I think you've got guys that we could put there at right or left. Some of them would have to, you know, maybe be a bit they would have to be molded a bit there. But my my perfect scenario, you give Gilmore 17. Mm-hmm. Give him 17, because you do two years off of 17 or probably just one. I would probably Probably just one, I'd say. Probably, probably just, probably just a one-off. Because I, I would imagine if I would imagine if he could get the seventeen, which would be the money he would probably want yearly. He'd probably take that and try to say, bet on myself for another for for a season. Try to see if I can go get a bigger bag elsewhere and see if I can get two to three years somewhere else. You know, that's a good thing is we have younger guys. I mean, because I would do conditionally because you don't know how JC's going to be this year. That's my biggest thing. I understand that's true. he needs the ball out because he's that pick, but like. I'm still just I, – I want to – I don't want to set my expectations high for J.C. because I don't want to get burned. I really don't. Right. And the thing about Dante is that if this was the old, you know, the old regime, I would have understood the money because they were so burnt from not giving, you know, um, Brad uh, Bradbury money and seeing what he did in, you know, New York that I could understand him wanting to jump the gun now. So my ideal scenario would be to give him 17. Give Cam tw- give Cam 10, 10 or 12 mm-hmm. for another year, however much yep. you think you need. I don't remember what he got this last year. They got 10. They ended up getting 10. So give him another 10 years. Give, I mean, t- another, t- another 10 million for one year. <laughs> give him, let him retire. Let him die as a Panther. But are you serious? Then you've got Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Iki Aquanu. Go pick one of them at six. One of them is still going to be in the board. The Giants can't fuck us over three times in a row. They cannot. Part of my French. They can't. They'll take one of them. They'll probably take Icky or maybe Charles. And I know Icky normally is right tackle, but mm-hmm. move him to left. What is it going to hurt? We've done it a million times. Evan Neal is ginormous. I want Evan Neal. I'm big on I'm, I'm a, I, Out of the very few offensive prospects I actually care about, offensive line prospects I care about, Evan Neal is a guy. I know it's a bit of a higher, you know, that's one of those, like, you know, it could be reaching a bit, but screw yeah. it. And then Charles Cross, you know, that, that would be a guy – who could be another anchor for your offensive line, who could come in and start right away. Those three guys, in my mind, don't go after one of these. I mean, look at, because look at, Mariota's off the table. So I don't even know if we were dealing with that. Jimmy, I don't I don't believe we were. We were if, if Sheena isn't saying that we're talking to them, I don't believe it. That's, 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 my, saying, only, that's my only source of reference. That's the only person I'm going to reference. Between her and John, John Ellis. Which we need to work to get both of them on the, on the podcast. We do. We do. At some point. I think we can get Sheena. We could probably get Sheena. We'll, we'll call Sheena after this. Facts Regardless, <laughs> if they ain't saying it, I don't believe it. So I don't believe anything with Jimmy. I didn't believe anything with Baker. My favorite thing was the mutual disinterest was the was the phrase. <laughs> I I love that because that's what I would think. Well, I don't want Baker. He's just he's Sam Darnold with a Napoleon complex. I don't <laughs> want that. Right, facts exactly. I'm, I'm so happy that was growth. That was a sign of growth from, from oh, it absolutely was. Tough. Cause that could have been because he he's I, I imagine there's a fire sale on on Baker Mayfield. He wouldn't cost much to bring in. No, yeah. but they're not even be included in the trade to get a like the Texans didn't even want you. They're okay with David Mills, which God Almighty, that's insane to me. Have you seen that kid's neck? Balls. No. <laughs> I, I don't want to get his hands now. I don't care about any other appendage. <laughs> this guy has a true shot for a neck, bro. <laughs> He's got one of those Alnex. He doesn't have to turn his eyes. He can just see 360 nah, degrees. Fact, bro. He, I swear to God. Yeah, I, I put I put a I put a picture of him and Charles on next together, bro. It looked the exact same. Can't tell me. Can't tell me one's different. Then the only one I mean maybe Kaepernick. And I mean I I don't think he's actually going to get anything. This is just the, another round of NFL PR to say that they're giving him a shot. Yeah, Mario gives him a shot. Exactly. You know, Mario was the only guy seen as a free agent that was viable. 
and I thought was a real. And I wouldn't want him over Cam, honestly. I wouldn't either. I like Barry Alley though. I I think he's still more still reminds me of a project guy though, as far as like. Yeah. The issue then is that if you get Cam, we're still then, you know, either we wait for, like we said, the free agency market next year for quarterback or the draft next year. You don't necessarily have to get Cam and get Willis. You don't need to get them both. It would be great to get them both, but unfortunately, the way I start to see it more, I really just do not. His stock is out of this world. I know. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew once the world saw that physical ability that I, man, I, I, to be fair, I was early on the, on the Malik Willis train, told everybody QB1, and like, you know what I'm saying? And that type of talent, somebody's going to be willing to take a take a shot on. And there are some teams that have a better situation where they don't have to start them. They have a quarterback already kind of in place or whatever. So I think that somebody, Detroit for one, I would imagine, will be looking at Malik Willis and saying, hmm, let's go get let's, let's go get, let's go get a guy with a little bit of pop. Like, like, like we just had leave. And Matt Stafford, and this time do it correctly and build the team the right way. Because you got you, you went and got your left tackle last year, kind of put you in place to right now prime to, to take to take the guy this year. Um, yeah, like I said, get going to get going to get going to get the left tackle would be the best thing you can do, and bringing in bringing in the veteran quarterback that I think everybody can can, can believe can buy into and believe in. That would be the, that would be the only route to go for me. <clears throat> for one, that's the only route that guarantees you you're gonna have some type of level of success. That you know, it, it, the the love, the success won't be all over the place. It won't it won't be, oh, we're gonna start out completely slow because we're playing with a rookie quarterback. Or you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it won't be as hot and cold. It'll be just just warm. And maybe how long can you keep it warm to possibly getting it hot? Or does it go cold at some point down down the stretch? It's it's the safest option I think for Matt Rule to keep his job to go get the quarterback he wants next year. And that's the thing is that I, and this is all dependent upon, you know, do we even want to do well so that we can get Matt Rule out of here? Because I don't know what happens with it. I just. For the again, greater I'm, good. Uh-huh. For the greater good. For the greater good, yeah. It would be behoove us just, just take it, tank it this year and and get that man out of here. But I mean, look I at like, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, and obviously you never had this much, but like. I don't want him to fail. I don't. I don't like. I he's done ridiculously stupid things, and I would like him to stop doing those things. And if he stops doing those things, I don't want to go through this coaching carousel because it's hard to find good coaches. You get one in every like five candidates that is actually going to be successful. If Jeff Ron had tell you the amount of court coaches the Titans had to go through in between Jeff Fisher to where they are now, a hey. bunch of guys. And now that it kind of feels like the politics game is going to be played with Brian Flores when it comes down to coaching opportunities. Which, so, we're, so we're not going to even get a chance to really go after the best candidate. We're just going to go after the guys that we deem suitable. You know? Yeah. Give, give, give them good Which, did he settle? Do we know if that's done? That's not done. He just ended up getting an opportunity with the Pittsburgh Steelers. as a Was getting a job the settling then? In the NFL's eyes, I would imagine so. <laughs> You know, yeah, if you're employed, hey buddy, because suing your employer as your employee, mm, that's I, tough. you know, it's, it's tough. And I know how they're gonna, I know how they would like to spin it in the legal, the legal, all the legal jargon they gotta go through. The spin cycle is gonna be is gonna be spectacular. The spin cycle they're gonna put on that one. So until until Denzel Washington puts out the movie straight to Netflix on it. <laughs> And then, then it'll come to light again, like Will Smith doing the freaking concussion movie. Never watched that. Man. Never once did I watch that movie. Never <laughs> Not once. once did I even consider watching it. Kept playing football. Just kept doing it. Just kept playing <laughs> my head. <laughs> oh, I knew it was bad. We do. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the whole point of getting into it. We know. We already know that's going to be happening. We knew it was. We knew. We, we know what we signed up for. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see where we go. And I just. I hate this time and I love this time because I get excited. I'm like, no, stop it, shut up, because I'm gonna, you're gonna get hurt again. You're just gonna do it to yourself. But I just, I, I like the moves we've been making. I, I like the, this, the, what I'm seeing at least from Fitter. Now the, the problem is getting it to translate on the field with Rule, and of course McAdoo, which you all have forgotten. I, I tried you know, weirdly it. enough, I have an odd type of trust in Ben McAdoo. I don't. <laughs> you know, crazy. You know, what was he doing for three years in between being the Giants head coach hey, and then you know, the ja- and then to be the Jags? I, you know, shit. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, 
Couldn't tell you. Don't know. That concerns I, me. But you know, but I think it's because I'm so used to mediocrity. I don't really have a good gauge on what to hate anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, I, like I know, I'm supposed to hate that. I'm supposed to hate that move. But what else am I gonna do? <laughs> what is, what's next? Do I not watch football anymore? Do I quit caring about this team? No, I'm still going to. It's, a, it's a, unfortunately, as many times I've tried to train myself to a different fan base. It doesn't work. <laughs> so no, just like the players that come for the Panthers, most people don't want us. No, man, most people don't. Who wants this refugee? <laughs> who, who wants this? Hey, bro, like, you know, I just got to just get, like, you just get this weird, it's just, as much as, it's like, it's, it's very childlike. You just kind of just believe that, like, you know, maybe it won't be as bad. And then it's worse. And then just try again. <laughs> That's what happens, bro. That's the life of being a Panthers fan. How did we get here? How did we get? It's been only been five years, six years since the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I, you know, just I think because I remember a lot more of what life was before Cam. I think I'm just used to this. Like I knew that was an anomaly. I knew it was an anomaly when it was happening. I was like, "Bro, no way in hell. We're 15 and one. Who gets? There's no way. There's no way. (laughs) I've watched this team for years. This never happened." No. We never win games I, I don't think we're supposed to win. I knew or it, win it was games so, I think we're supposed to win. Something was wrong that year. We all knew that. It was I nothing felt that. right. It felt known. awesome, but it didn't feel right. I, like what everything I know about Carolina just screams seven and nine. <laughs> everything. I look at Carolina and all I think of is seven and nine. Literally eight letters in Carolina and then eight letters in Panthers. Yeah, seven and eight, eight. I said I just never think of anything positive happening. Consistently. A one-off, eh, it's cool. But consistent, nah. How at this point, I'm just still waiting for the for for two winning seasons in a row that we still have yet to, 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 to knock on. I'll be honest with you, bro. You didn't get it on the cam. But yeah, we're going to get it. You know, that's, the, that's the weird thing. I'm like, you know, like, who saves this team? You know? I know we're at the back end here. The people that probably throw around with But, like, who, like, who saves this team? Because if I go back and look at what we had, it's like, Damn, we never won consecutive. We never had consecutive winning seasons with that crew. With Luke Keekley, an all-timer. Cam Newton, an all-time talent, at the very least. Thomas Davis, Steve Smith, Julius Peppers. And we never put together consecutive winning seasons. You know what I'm saying? Like, oddly enough, I don't have a faith in this team that will ever – we're going to – at some point – at some point we will, because the odds are going to work this, out. This, anyway. this, the, uh, the sheer statistics, there's no way. The sheer statistics tell you that at some point you're going to be good again. At some point. But it's just a matter of when. Well, until then, we keep waiting. <laughs> and keep pounding. <laughs>